It's hard to balance life and a full-time job and still enjoy the things in your life you're passionate about. If you're passionate sports, every Monday and Thursday, join me as we talk about the day's biggest sports topics, the previews, game analysis, the infusion of music and sports, and rumors in the sports world. If you love sports and want a new, fresh perspective from a sports podcast, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Keith Johnson, and this is Sports Fans Only. Now let's talk some damn sports. This is Sports Fans Only Home for the hottest sports show around. These guys are on fire. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Big salute to all my sports fans tuning in on this cold, cold Monday morning. This is Sports Fans Only with your host, Keith Johnson, and my co-host, Sean Matt. What's up, boy? What's good with you? Not much. Feeling good. A little chilly out there, but hey, we off. We're doing the show, so I'm happy. Yes, sir. The Chiefs and the Titans had those early, uh, well, had the early 3 o'clock game, and the 49ers and the Packers had the 6.30 game yesterday. And uh, what you think? Who who you think is going to win the Super Bowl now that we got the, the two teams in? Mm, well, one of my picks are out. I was taking the Titans, so I'm going to have to go with Kansas City. I think that offense actually can do enough to spread the San Francisco 49ers defense out, and I think they're going to confuse him, and Andy Reid is definitely going to draw up a good plan. He's similar to Belichick. Not really, but he's similar to Belichick when given that much time. We have two weeks, right? I always get confused. We had two weeks in between, right? Yeah, two weeks. We got two weeks now. What at one point wasn't it? Wasn't it one week? Didn't yeah, it? it used to be one week growing up, and then they said it wasn't enough time. Teams were losing real bad. Remember the uh, AFC teams were getting thrashed. The Buffalo Bills, whoever was making it, so they decided to go to two weeks, and then they said it was too long. They went back to one week for two years. And now I think we're right now at two weeks for the last maybe eight to ten years. The last decade, I think we've been doing two weeks in between. Yeah, they basically do that for all the all the advertising. And it's pretty much a money thing. So they, they give them two weeks, all the media day and all the stuff like that. So they make us sit and wait for two whole weeks. So I'm excited to see the game. I think it's going to be a close game, but I definitely think Kansas City is going to I think they're going to take it. I think it's Andy Reid's year. I said this a while back. I think it's his year. I think it's Patrick Mahomes' year. They're loaded. They got, and even though San Francisco's loaded too, I think they're a little too one-dimensional. Even though they can, they can hit the uh, the home run every once in a while with the with the pass. But I think they're too dependent on the run. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with Kansas City. I don't know. Like I said, it's going to be close. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with them in the long run. Me neither, but I am rooting for Andy Reid. He needs one. He he's a great coach that just always falls short. So I hope for the sake of God that he it's not a problem where like he causes them to lose the championship. If they're gonna lose, I hope it's just you know they lose straight up in a hard fought game. But if it's a decision that he makes, he'll never live it down. You know I'm rooting for him. Yeah, they got so many weapons. They got Kelsey. They got uh, Sammy Watkins. They got Hill. They got uh, Hardman. They got Williams coming out of the backfield. Those guys are loaded. They have a whole bunch of weapons. And you know what? They were talking about, um, was it on ESPN? Yeah, I think it was this morning. No, it was Stephen A. Smith. And he was saying that he can name at least 10 other quarterbacks who could start on Kansas City right now and put up the same numbers Mahomes is putting up. I disagree with that. Do you? I tend to agree I, with it. I, can I do because how many scrambling quarterbacks 
can actually get out the pocket like Patrick Mahomes. Um, see, I you got th- Russell. You got. Let's see if we can think of some Russell. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Um, um, who else? It's not many. No, no. There's more than that, though. Um, what about Kyle? Rod- you think Kyle Murray? Now, even though he's just a rookie, no. You don't think he, on that team he could? He's pretty much the same type of quarterback as Mahomes is. Yeah, but that arm, man. I remember. Remember, I was telling you months ago about his arm trajectory on some of his passes. That guy can throw that ball any which way you want it. Nah, he's he like can. A, he can. Like a Marino. <clears throat> but do you think that um, if Mahomes was on the Arizona Cardinals, you think they would have did any better? Then what? They would have did maybe three more games better. Yeah, three wow. more games. I give him. Yeah, I can live with that because Mahomes, he's, he was a rookie last year and he pretty much put up MVP. No, wait, no, he was the MVP. He was the MVP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. You got me on there. And but, I'm happy another black quarterback, you know, is doing well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to lean on. He's great, but I tend to lean, lean on the side of this team is like the greatest show on turf, like the St. Louis Rams. What, yeah. Mine is Marshall Falk, but I think the tight yeah. end makes up for the production that Marshall Falk gave St. Louis. But I think weapon-wise, this team is just as good as that St. Louis Rams team. And any of these older quarterbacks, I think you could put Aaron Rodgers on that team. I think you could put um, Tom Brady on that team, Drew Brees on that team. I think you could put any of those quarterbacks on that team, and they would do exactly what Pat Mahomes is doing. Oh, shit. He has eight touchdowns and zero interceptions right now. And that's a lot on him. And, you know, maybe the coaching staff, but his improvising out the pocket is just ridiculous, man. None of those plays are actually, they're called plays, but their biggest plays come when he improvises and scrambles. So, I don't know. That That's an interesting subject, though. I tell you that. I definitely tell you that. I remember the, but, la- the last show, I'm sorry to interrupt you, the last no, show, no. the last show we were talking, and I had said there was a coach that said, actually, no, it was the show I think that you weren't on. And I was saying there was a coach saying that, they were asking him why they didn't draft him. Now I remember it's John Fox uh, with the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. and a reporter asked him, "How come you guys didn't draft him, and why did you draft Mitch Trubisky instead?" And he said the reason why they didn't draft him was when they looked at the tape in his college career, the, his uh, production didn't match what they were seeing at the NFL Combine. So he must have had a great NFL Combine, but. When they went back and looked at the tape, he was throwing too many interceptions. He was, uh, you know, the team wasn't winning. So he said that was why they didn't draft him. Do you think mm. that's a good enough reason? Do you Do you think that they didn't use the eye test enough to make a proper decision and they based it too much off of college tape? Well, I would answer that question with another question to, uh, you say, Fox, right? Yeah. Giant Fox. Uh, what did you see so great about Mitch's college tape, and what did he do in the combine? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. Was he that much better than Mahomes? I didn't know any of them. I knew Mahomes was from a small college. I knew nothing of Mitch. I don't think. Not even sure what college Mitch went to. <clears throat> uh, only reason why I remembered him is because he played in the ACC, and um, I'm a Florida State fl- uh, fan, so he played in North Carolina, the Tar Heels. Yeah, one right. one good year, and I think they they might have went to one of those uh, the big time bowls that year. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, he had a good year, but he, he played for one year, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they saw in him. Some but people- we, ha- we have to be real here. The reason that the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl right now is part Patrick Mahomes, true, but we all know Matthews came over and made that defense much better. He gave them heart. He gave them will. He gave them a tough, you know, a tough fighting dog spirit in that team, which was missing. That team should have maybe been. That team should have been in the NFC champ. I mean, the AFC Championship game or Super Bowl, even with um, Alex Smith. But they weren't because that defense just gave up too many points. That yeah. defense stopped giving up points, and now look what happened. They're in the cha- um, They won the AFC Championship game, and now they're playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, defense. they finally got over the hump and they're finally going to the Super Bowl. I think they said it was the first time in 50 years the Kansas City Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl. So it's been a long time coming. Seems like over the last few years, a lot of teams are breaking that uh, that drought of going to championships. You got the Cubs Parity. in baseball. Parity. Uh, yeah, even in football, baseball, all basically all the sports. Um, let's see. In, in baseball, you had the White Sox finally won. Yep. The Cubs finally won. Red Sox, uh, you know, last decade, the Red Sox. Yeah. Remember, it was like 100 years for them. Yeah, Red Sox finally won. Uh, it's another team out there in baseball that I'm missing that finally won. Uh, it's hard in football, though, you know. And for that historic franchise to have taken 50 years to get there, I don't know. Their best days were what? Before then, for Patrick was who? Joe Montana. And then you got Alex Smith, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Oh, they had a, they had a couple years with Trent Green. I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody remembers Trent Green. Uh, he used to play for the Chiefs and the um, St. Louis Rams. Rams. Yep. Yeah. So they had a couple of good years with him. But uh, other than that, and the years with Joe Montana, other than that, they were always known for having a great defense. And their offense was always a little suspect. But like you said, I'm glad Andy Reid finally got there. Um, but on another note, I don't know if you guys can tell, but we've finally moved into our new little studio setup. Uh, no longer primarily on anchor so we're stepping our game up a little bit for you guys we got a lot more in store for you um so we gotta what else we gotta talk about today there's some basketball i want to get into uh definitely we're gonna focus mostly on the afc championship games but definitely got some basketball got a little baseball for you guys and a whole lot of great music we're gonna start off we're gonna kick this off with a little bit of um who we say we're gonna get into sean uh, little Drake. Little Drake. Little Drake City is mine. So we're going to get into that, and uh, we will be right back in a few minutes. This the record that my backpack underground fans get to skipping. Back back Southern Town fans get to tipping. Chasing fat stacks, running down grands. It's a mission. I don't backtrack. Ain't single sound from me different. I don't own no ice. Just got clean rap. Don't ever two step. I just rock lane snap. We can take it out to Houston where the rides all glossed up. Anybody I'm standing besides all bossed up. Burglar Mana, they say I'm serving them rhymes. And me and Nickel F go together like burgers and diners. Yes. I'm like a waiter if you something like a hater with trays and both hands placing order I could cater. 
I got the diamonds in my teeth flow. Memphis is the reason that my rhyming and my speech slow. Peep though, I only got pity for you lame. Sitting pretty in the game in the city that I claim. Your city is mine. Which one? T-O-R-O-N-T-O. D-R-A-K-E, that's me. You know how the story go. Pull up, range road. Yo, chick, water road. And I play myself in the stereo. And I make them wanna shake it, shake it, drop it, drop it, bounce it, bounce it, wop it, wop it, girl. Move that thing like you getting money for college. Go, shake it, shake it, drop it, drop it, bounce it, bounce it, Wap it, wap it, girl. Move that thing like you getting money for college. Go. Break it down go. like you working for your tuition. And how would mama get it? How you let it think that you work in this power? Whoa. Trying to be generous, so honey, here's a tip. Nowadays it's getting cheaper to put 20s on a whip. So if you are opportunist, look for 20s in a clip. And if you find them attractive and funny, that's when you dip, dip. And it's a trip. My city broke in the sections. Up north, I got me a couple of troubles, couple connections. And it's nothing that I created on purpose. It's people that got a problem, but they scared to let it surface. Uh, and boys say this, that, and the third time. See me out and they never utter a word to them. Expect me not to draw a card from the deck. Anybody in my city going hard, I respect. But you got a debt and you choose not to pay that. I'ma have your fans coming to your yard and collect, let Oh, it ain't a problem or concern, bruh. I always end up with exactly what I earned, bruh. This ain't last year, money like a cash in. So, hey, your receipt if you trying to make a return, bruh. Yes, sir, I live in a city where a lot of people don't get shine, shine. And I be on my defense as soon as anybody stepping out of line, line. And I got way too much love for the city, I can never get too much of it. If anybody hating on me, I deport them. The city's mine, bro. Yo, the city is mine. Which one? T-O-R-O-N-T-O. D-R-A-K-E, that's me. You know how the story go. Pull up, range road, yo. Chick on a roll, and I play myself in the stereo. And I make them wanna shake it, shake it, drop it, drop it, bounce it, bounce it, wrap it, wrap it, girl. Move that thing like you getting money for college. Go, shake it, shake it, drop it, drop it, bounce it, bounce it, wrap it, wrap it, girl. Move that thing like you getting money for college. Go, break it down, go, break it, 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 break it down. What's going on, man? It's your boy D-R-A-K-E. That's me. You know how the story goes. You know, I couldn't I couldn't let the whole tape go by without getting a couple words in, you know. This is a Jake only home for the hottest sports show around. These guys are on fire. I guess I left the Shout it, hit it, shout it, hit it, shout it. 
Sean Mack, back with the recap. Doing the NFL championship games. First, the AFC. The Titans' Ryan Tannehill was 21 of 31, 209 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero INTs. Running back Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 69 yards, and one touchdown. What a playoff run he had. The Titans' entire receiving core totaled for 22 receptions, 237 yards, and two touchdowns. Coming from Anthony Fersker and offensive tackle Dennis Kelly. Tennessee, 24. The Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes, driving defensive coordinators crazy. He was 23 of 35. 294 yards through the air, three touchdowns, zero INTs. Mahomes also led the team in rushing with 53 yards on the ground with eight carries and one touchdown. Running back, Damon Williams, 17 touches, 45 yards, one touchdown. Wide receiver, Sammy Watkins, seven receptions, 114 yards, one touchdown, 16 yards per catch. Speedster, Tyreek Hill, five grabs, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Kansas City, 35. So in the AFC Championship game, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Tennessee Titans 35-24. to The Chiefs move on and they will play in their first Super Bowl in 50 years. All right, it's Sean Mack with the recap and this is Sports Fans Only. This is Sports Fans Only home for the hottest sports show around. These guys are on fire. It's flip pass left it goes Tyreek Hill 10-5 Cheetah touchdown left front pylon of 8 yards full on speed and the Cheetah runs to the end zone. The Chiefs are on the board with the touchdown to answer the Titan touchdown. Shades behind Schwartz at right tackle. Three man rush. Now throw left side caught Tyreek Hill touchdown Kansas City the second of the game for the Cheetah this one a 20-yard bullet on a quick seamed Williams shades that same way three-man rush again by Tennessee Mahomes 
moving to his left laterally, chased, holding it, and gets out of bounds and up the sideline. He's not out of bounds yet. He's at the 10, inside the 10, he dives for the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. A remarkable acrobatic scramble on a 27-yard run. Maybe the best play yet of Patrick Mahomes' incredible young career. I simply have no words for that. Twist motion by the Titans with defensive pressure, but Mahomes has time here. He throws it long. He's got a man in the middle of the field. Watkins, 15, 10, 5, angling left. Touchdown, Kansas City. A 60-yard touchdown. 50 years of waiting. 50 years. And the Chiefs are going. They're in my clothes, so we can go do our thing, but um, very proud, very proud of uh, everybody and uh, the job that they did, the coaches and uh, the coordinators for the plan that they had. EB talked to the team last night and got them all fired up, and EB's been there as a player and a coach, and uh, I thought he had some real great words for the, uh, for the players. So there you have it. Kenzie, uh, sorry for the little malfunction. So Kansas City ends up beating the Tennessee Titans 35 to 24 behind a her what's the word I'm looking for horrendous. Oh. <laughs> Tennessee had him man. They made it interesting for the first what quarter and a half. It was a uh, 10 nothing at first, then it was 10-7, then it ended up being 17 to 7. But from that point on, just in the, just like in the last game from the second quarter on, Kansas City just went in and they just they just wouldn't stop scoring and the Tennessee Titans couldn't they couldn't keep up. Yeah, you know, I was thinking and I have a question. <clears throat> if you're Mike Vrabel and you're coaching and you see that game going in the manner in which it's going to, your team needed a boost. You had to do something different. What you were doing wasn't working at that moment in that game. So I have a question. Would you dare bring in Marcus Mariota to maybe spark them? Being that he has a chip on his shoulder that his job was taken from him. I've seen many times in AFC and NFC championship games where a backup come in and it actually sparks the team. You weren't down that much. Keith, would you have brought in Marcus Mariota? That's a tough question because they've been on this crazy run with Ryan Tannehill this whole time and to bring Marcus Mariota. Now are you talking about bring him in and benching Tannehill like for the rest of the game? Or are you just talking about bringing him in just to throw like a curveball Cause they haven't prepared for him for a couple plays here and there. Okay. When they stopped me in the mid third quarter and I'm still down, what was it? Five or six, something like that. Uh-huh. The next two series, when Tannehill went three and out mid third, do you bring next possession of the Tennessee Titans? Do you bring in Marcus Mariota for maybe two series just to say if you can get something started. At that point, I think you should because I think everybody knew where this was headed. I think everybody knew by the time the third quarter came that Kansas City, you know, they were basically doing what they did last week. They were just they, – they built up momentum and there was no stopping them. That that crazy crowd got involved. And that's another thing. People, um, they underestimate the Kansas City Chiefs, the home field advantage there. Those those fans are crazy. And, one, and once they get some momentum building, they just go crazy. It's like being in Seattle, the 12th man in Seattle. 
I think them and Kansas City got two of the best home home field advantages. But, yeah, I think you're right. You bring him in and see what he can do. It wouldn't hurt at that point because at that point you can't run with Derrick Henry anymore. Now are you really going to trust Ryan Tannehill to bring you back? So if you look at it from that perspective, I think it's it's definitely conceivable to think that somebody would bring him in. And I don't think you would have got too much uh, too much pushback from the fans and the media if he would have did that. So I think you're on to something with that. Yeah, me too. I was thinking that. I'm like, bring him in for two series, see what he does. Call different plays that you haven't been running uh, in the previous weeks that the other team has been looking at on uh, film. So Marcus Mariota could have ran the ball. You could have did more bootlegs try to get one-on-one coverage on the ends and uh, go over the top. But um, it seemed like they were just stuck. They were content with doing the game plan that was made. So that's why you lose. Uh, Tannehill, he didn't really have a bad game. He uh, Not he, at all. He threw 21-31. He had 209 yards with two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked three times for 27 yards. He had a QBR of 74 and a, a rating of 108.1. So he actually had a – can't really ask much more from Ryan Tannehill. It's just their defense didn't get it done today. And I always said uh, Tennessee does not match up well. In my opinion, you have a healthy Patrick Mahomes. You have Tyreek Hill. This other kid, um, Hardman, that dude's fast too. They, they just got so many. And Sammy Watkins, he's known for being a speedster. So they have so much speed on the field at one time. I, I just knew it was going to happen. I knew they couldn't match up with him, so. I saw this yeah. coming. I saw it coming. Me too. The early start, Tennessee hops out to a lead, and I'm thinking in my head, it was going perfect. They were they were controlling time of possession. They were taking a lot of time off the clock even when they did punt, but they didn't punt their first four possessions as much. I don't think they actually did at all, maybe once, but they were putting up points. It was 17 nothing, right? Yeah. No, 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 17-7. 17-7. Yep. Wait, but at one point, wasn't it 17? No, it was 14 nothing. No, it was 10 nothing. Then it was 10 nothing. Then 10-7. Then 10-7. And then, then 17-7. 7. At that point, you got to keep running plays, but you got to release Tannehill, Tannehill a little right there. Yeah. They were still playing conservative, yep. but you got to know in the back of your mind. I don't know. If I'm the coach and I'm Vrabel and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, our, our, our plan is working. But they're going to adjust, and they're going to start getting the ball moving down that field, speaking on Kansas City, that is. So at what point do you make the adjustment before they adjust? Do you wait for them to adjust and you adjust off their adjustments? Or do you initially say, okay, I know their adjustment is coming. I'm going to adjust right now. And that's where I think he, he messed up. He continued to try to run the ball with Henry, and I saw it. Once he started getting three yards, two yards of carry, it was like I was seeing something that never happened before with Henry in the last few weeks. He was at least gaining four yards a pop. Yeah. So once that happened, I'm like, wow, he really needs to maybe do some bootlegs. What what happened to the screen game? Run the screen game. That's a very aggressive defense, Kansas City. So run some screens, run some bootlegs, run some uh run pass options. He had to do more, but he was just sit sitting back and he was content with the game plan that he had. Because can you blame them? You are winning. But you know Kansas City was coming, and they were going to score more. Yeah, um, Corey Davis, I think that's his name. Uh, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, um, Smith, those receivers for Tennessee, those are big-time receivers. And I don't think they've been utilized right. 
Davis was known. He came from a University of uh, Central Florida. That's when uh, UCF, you know how they become kind of like a national powerhouse over the last few years. Um, who are they saying they should have been the national championship? Two years ago. Yeah, they have a banner. They have a banner hanging. Yeah, that they they, they made up. Who does that? They made their own <laughs> national championship. But um, for a few years, you know, they outside of the Power Five conferences, uh, UCF was known. They were like the the present-day Boise State. Remember how Boise State was a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, Kellen Moore? Yep, yep. And uh, this, that, that's where that kid Corey Davis came from. And he's a big-time receiver. They don't use him right. Now, I understand you want to run all the time, and your game plan is to ground and pound and play good defense. But when you have a, a receiver, I truly believe once he gets traded from that team or Breeze or Brady or somebody like that might come to Tennessee, we're going to all real see, really see what type of receiver he is because he's a, he's a big-time receiver. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's fast. And I think the biggest mistake Tennessee made last night – was not see if Belichick was coaching that team, he mm-hmm. would have came out passing. He would have came out throwing the ball, through throw it like forty times a game. Well, forty times for that game, and um, they didn't do it. They just kept running and running, and everybody knew what they were doing. And that was the downfall of the Tennessee Titans. It's not that they don't have the talent to match up with Kansas City. It's just that the coaching they relied too much on Henry. You had to know that was going to run out at some point. All that running, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, hindsight. But you have to give them credit, right? The initial game plan did work. Yeah, the defense just gave it up. The defense gave it up. And, you know, when I look at Tennessee, I think they're missing a speedster. Right? When you look at Kansas City, you see Hill, see Watkins, see these guys running down the field fast, like track fast, track star fast. They don't have that. They're missing one of those. Yeah. Either either get him at the receiver position, or you need someone in the backfield that can kind of do it. Kind of like a uh, what's the guy, Adam Kamara. You need you need yeah. someone like that, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah, they don't. And do you think Tannehill's the answer though? No, I think one of these big free agent quarterbacks, and I, I hate to say it, they're ready to win too right now. No, they're ready. They're one quarterback away. I think. Uh, like I said, I hate to say it, but I think Tom Brady might be going down to Tennessee. I think either Brady, Breeze, or Phillip Rivers. One of them are. Tennessee. Well, since you bring up your boy Brady, I might as well hop into this story from the New York Times. Oh, boy. Oh, and it says, open-minded Tom Brady spotted with grinning Raider owner Mark Davis. Hours after a photo of Tom Brady sparked more speculation about his uncertain future the Patriots legend said he is open-minded about playing for another team next season. This is from last night's report. And they have a picture of him hanging out with the uh, Mark, Mark Davis of the uh, Oakland Raiders, the owner, and he's smiling. You should see the smile on that guy's face. And Brady smiling a little bit. But he, after that picture came out, people started to interview him and ask him questions, and he said yes. I'm open-minded to playing for another team. So what do you think? You brought it up, and I had the story loaded for you. You didn't even know. But you mentioned it, so what do you think? First off, this is what I think. (laughs) And and, and then secondly, this is what I think. All right? Take that story and put it where it's supposed to be, in the toilet bowl, boy. You need some talk, you need some tissue paper? Yeah, I'm just asking. I don't want to hear any of that nonsense. Even though even though 
I'm pretty sure he is leaving. Seeing your smiling face just now <laughs> angered me. I didn't like so it. Tell me, <laughs> tell me this. What do you think about him playing for Oakland? I think it would be asinine because uh, that team's good, but they're not a good quarterback away, right? Um, I don't know. As well as they play, no, they're not. They, they are with a Tom Brady. I don't know. No, they're not a Super Bowl team. Now, could they be a consistent playoff team for two years maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, aren't they? They're in the same division with Kansas City. Does Brady really want to go to the same division as Kansas City? I mean, you got Kansas City. Then you're going up against Vaughn Miller twice a year in Denver. I mean, is that what he really wants to do with the last couple of years of his career? I don't know. Now, is there something to it? It's very possible. Very, very possible. Um, I can't deny it. But my first reaction is. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about that. And uh, So quick question. Who do um, if Brady leaves? Who do Belichick go to? He can't get Jimmy G back. Brissett's in, um, in uh, Indi- Indianapolis with the Colts. So who would. Who would you get? I think they're gonna have to go with one of these veteran receiver, uh, not receivers, uh, quarterbacks. Even though you want to rebuild, I think trying to get somebody like, and which is stupid because if if you let Brady go because you don't want to pay him, but then bring in one of these other guys and you pay him what you could have gave Brady, but you just didn't want to give it to him because he was Brady, will be kind of ass backwards. But I think they'll get one of these other um, quarterbacks to come in. Like uh, Philip Rivers, somebody who has something to prove, who won't take that much money, but you, you're not going to be able to insult them. But I, I don't think they're going to rebuild right now. Meaning, mm-hmm. I don't think they're willing to be like super horrible for an extended period of time trying to find a quarterback. That their backup quarterback is not the answer right now, anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't think the fan base, the fan base, will go crazy. If they try to just say, we're not getting nobody, we're just going to go with what we have. I don't think that's a possible move. Well, y'all, the Patriots always load up on draft picks, right? So I'm pretty sure y'all still have a lot in y'all pocket, uh-huh. even though some might get taken away Yeah. again with another scandal, but another time, <laughs> another day. So what about you see Belichick make some moves and get rid of some of those draft picks and possibly move up in the draft and get a good quarterback? That's another move. Um, there's a bunch of them coming out this year. Um, who we got? Tua, Tua Tagliavoa. I don't think we'll get him unless, you, like like you said, unless we move up. Like, I'm talking way up, top ten type of moving up. Uh, you got Tua. Definitely not going to get our hands on Burrow. Uh, you you got, don't think? Uh, I was thinking that. I was like, give every, give the whole house and everything for to get Burrow. That just, just doesn't seem like something Belichick would do because you're basically, if this kid isn't what everybody thinks he is. Oh, he can be in that system. I think so too with Josh McDaniels and Belichick. And it might take – now, if we're horrible with a quarterback like that, I can live with that because you'll get more draft pick. You can rebuild that way. Mm-hmm. So if we could do that, I'll be more than happy with being horrible for the next couple of years. But unless it's something like that, because I don't even know if Tua Tagliavoa is the answer. I don't, I don't think he is, actually. Me neither. I don't think he's going to be a good uh, NFL quarterback. I think he's going to be a... Backup, serviceable quarterback. Exactly. And um, I don't know about this kid from Oregon. I haven't done... I'm going to have to do more research on him because we're definitely going to be doing a, a nice draft show uh, during draft time. But I got to do my homework on uh, players like that kid Herbert from Oregon. 
But um, but yeah, back on back on subject. Uh, so you think Kansas City's gonna win the whole thing, huh? I think so. I think Andy Reid is poised. He's well overdue, and I think the stars are aligned for the Chiefs this year. San Francisco. I have to say that defense is fast. We'll save them for another uh, segment, but um, I think they should be able to pull it off. Given enough time, Andy Reid should, should be able to drop a game plan to stifle Jimmy G, Garoppolo. So, yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not going to lie. I picked the Packers with a little bit of bias in my heart. I wanted the Packers to win because I did not want Jimmy Garoppolo to win a Super Bowl just a year and a half after – he left my Patriots, so. Proving Billichet right every day and proving Robert Kraft wrong. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm hoping Brady sees this and he's like, I can't leave like this. I can't let the Patriot Nation let that quarterback go win a Super Bowl and I go out like this. Like, legacy-wise, you you would hope he's thinking that way, but who knows if the Patriots even want him back. But I don't want to see him win a Super Bowl. I'm not ashamed to say it, damn it. I don't want to yeah. see him host that trophy. I'd even win it. I was thinking about the next two weeks, the second guessing, the story of Jimmy G, the story of the Patriots. The Patriots and Bilichet is now thrust into the Super Bowl, even though they're not participating, right? Yeah. Because you're going to be two weeks of it. Well, at least the first week. First week is usually a bunch of gibberish and talk, and then the second week is usually about the meat and the potatoes of the game. So we get one hard week of talking about where Jimmy G come from. He's about to blow up and become a superstar. Once these young ladies and I was going to say MILFs, but once these young and older women get the picture of him and they start seeing him on TV, his stardom is going to shoot up times 10 right now. Yeah, he's already got that hundred-plus million-dollar contract, and now the and, endorsements and he are date, about- he date porn stars. Yeah, I mean, he's the man right now. He's the man. That's what what, what does Stephen A. Smith call him, porn star Jimmy? Or porn star Jimmy. He, look, he looks like that type of guy. He looks like a... GQ on the set of, I don't know, with his shirt halfway buttoned down, right? Tucked into some slacks and shit. Big general hospital face. (laughs) (laughs) Look like he come out the soap operas, right out out the Monday through Friday soap operas. He does. It definitely don't look like he should be on the football team, but I don't know. He only threw eight passes. Honestly, (laughs) me or you could have played the game Jimmy G did yesterday. Guaranteed. Definitely could have. Definitely could have. I mean, and I'm 40. I can throw the ball eight times. <laughs> he what was he six for eight or something like that? That's like high school. Um, that's yeah. how high school quarterbacks. Have, six their of numbers eight, are. 77 yards. That's that. That sounds like a Army versus Navy game of the 1980s. Just horribleness. Their offensive line. Man, you know what? We're gonna get into that in a minute. Um, I wanted to now. Do you think? And Stephen A. Smith was saying this, and I was asking this. I was asking you earlier in the introduction. His receiving core and his running backs, and people are saying he's like the greatest quarterback ever. You know, there's some websites saying he has a chance to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Who? Uh, Pat Mahomes. Okay, okay, we on Pat? Yeah, Pat. Jimmy G. All no, right, no, all no, right. no, no, Pat Mahomes. It's, it's hard for me to get on that bandwagon considering he's only been there. This is only his second year. Now, yes, he's had two great, great years. Actually, this year wasn't great. Because he got hurt. It would have been great if he didn't get hurt. But statistically, he didn't have a great year this year compared to last year. But he would have. So mm-hmm. he's had two great years, basically. Um, I can't get on that bandwagon. I can't say he's he could possibly be one of the greatest of all time. I can. Know why? Yeah, I want to know why. We'll give you a 
a, a simple reason why. Two words, Dan Marino. Dan Marino is considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times. He's been knocked down a peg over the last, what, say 15 years because you had your Brady's, you had your Payton's, and you had your Breezes come along, right? Your yeah. Phillip Rivers. Philip Rivers fall more into his category, similar stats. But he got to the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, his first or his second year, right? Yeah. Uh, talking about Dan Marino. He lost. He still put up the numbers and became a Hall of Famer and one of the greatest top, say, top 10 quarterbacks of all times. So let's say you take Patrick Mahomes in his third year, technically, right? Uh-huh. In his third year, with the numbers that he's putting up, and he win the Super Bowl right now, Yes, you can say it. You know why? Because you guarantee that they're going to, barring injury, you're guaranteed he's going to at least get to one more Super Bowl or two more Super Bowls. They would be the cream of the crop in the AFC for the next five years to come. So if he wins a Super Bowl now and you just accumulate and just uh, project what his numbers are going to be if he can play 10 more years, yeah, he, he have a possibility and a chance to become the best quarterback of all time without even winning as many Super Bowls as Brady because of his stats and what he's got. He's going to break every record book, right? Let's be real. Yeah, see, it's hard for me to say. Now, it's not his fault he has great uh, parts around him on the team as far as mm-hmm. receivers, tight ends, uh, running back. But I've never seen not even Peyton Manning with an offense this prolific, in my opinion. Pey- Peyton's might have been just as good. You yeah, think so? Yeah, yeah if you look at that um, – that Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Dallas Clark, a die out the backfield, and who was the third receiver on that thing? They had another third receiver. They, oh, the, just the white. Well, who was the, the? They had a white receiver. Little the white clock. Well, it's not the white clock. No, the it little was, the little white receiver. He was like a Welker. Uh, how do I Stokes? Right? Was it Stokes? Uh, Might have been a Stokes. Yeah, so, I but forget. You, you know who I'm talking about. Though. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. If you look at those numbers from Kansas City, what they're putting out the last two years, they're right up there with the uh, with that mid two thousand Indianapolis Colts team. Um, yeah, I guess you could say I can't take that. To, see, it's a different type of team, though. I think Kansas City is predicated on just straight speed, and I think when you have speed at every single position, it's so much harder to defend than like Indianapolis was great, but they didn't have that speed though. Imagine yeah. Peyton Manning with that. Those two dudes on the outside, Harmon and, and Hill, are like two of the top fastest receivers. And Watkins. They're all like top 15 in the league as far as the fastest receivers. Yeah. They got them all on one team, man. That's just not fair. But you know what? Those don't. Those guys don't scare me, per se. You know what scares me? Having Kelsey there. Yeah. He he gets the doubles. He do, what, he do for that team what Grunk did for the Pats. Yeah, he does. You know, and if you take him away... You could easily guard those fast guys. You could just put two men over top. You don't have to worry about the middle, right, of the field. Yeah. But with Kelsey there, you have to worry about that middle of the field because when he get on a linebacker, he can blow that linebacker over the top. Yep. So that safety can't come help because you got Watkins and Hill running rapid, right? Yeah. So it's hard. But what makes that engine go to me is Kelsey. Now, let's say the defense nailed down the hammer and start hitting these guys hard. Don't let them go deep. Kansas City cannot rely on the run game, and that's how you would beat them. That's true. Kelsey, Kelsey has definitely he's opened my eyes to his greatness. Because when mm-hmm. Gronk was in the league, I used to be like, nah, he ain't Gronk, you know. And I still think I'd rather have Gronk. You give me prime time Gronk, and I think Kelsey's in his prime right now. 
You give me prime Gronk, I'm taking prime Gronk over Kelsey I, all day. I think they're the same. I, I think Gronk's a better run blocker. I think when the run I, game. I give, I give you that. I yeah. can give you that. Because he's just bigger. He's just a bigger But I think dude. Kelsey do run better routes. Gronk yeah. just used to happen to get open. He was so huge. Yeah, you just, know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it is. He was just so huge. And then. He, he technically never was open. No, he did a lot of <laughs> offensive pass interference, but. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. But Kelsey could run better routes, especially on the goal line. Definitely. And now, I, I'm not going to say he has better hands than Gronk. No, I just, no. I give him equal. Yeah. They, they both don't drop anything. Nah, they you know? Don't. Yes. They both have the myth, um, the mitts, the mitts the size of uh, black bears. Yeah. So. You know, they're, they're pretty even up with each other when you look at it. Yeah, when it's all said and done, Kelsey's going to have the better stats because he's going to play longer probably, right? I mean, because yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's already been in the league, I think, about six years. I think Gronk only played eight or nine years. So Yeah, well, you never know in this new trend. He might win a Super Bowl and retire next year. Well, that's true. Kelsey. That's you know, people's tired of getting hurt and tired of getting injured. But I hate that um, – Tony Gonzalez get lost in this because to me he's still the best. Uh, he was the best tight end of all time. You think Technically, to me, he he wasn't even a tight end. He was a hybrid, if you ask me. Yeah, see, because when you go to pro, to, I, if you gave me, you lined up Gronkowski, Kelsey, Gonzalez, uh, Kellen Winslow Senior. Um, Let's take else? Dallas Clark too. Dallas Clark, Dallas for five Clark, years, Jason he was Witten, killing it. Jason mm-hmm. Witten. You put all those guys in front of me and say start your team with this player. I'm sorry, man. I I, th- I think I still got to go with Grump. I I don't know if I could not take Grump. You know why? Ooh, depend. Well, you know that, that that's all an accumulation of who you got on your team, what your goals are. But if you go for as far as straight talent and reliability, you got to go with Gonzalez. Guy played like two decades and never was hurt. No, see, that's the only thing. And I was gonna say, barring injury, you can't use injuries as a. Uh, but if you're going to pick him to start your team, right, you kind of can see the future, right? Because you're seeing the future with picking Gronk because you know what Gronk did. Yeah. You know, he was the man, you know. And I'm kind of picking Gonzalez, Gonzalez because of the future, what I know what he did in the past because he was always reliable. He was always there, you know. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You know who I never thought was really that good was Jason Witten. Yeah, I thought he was more of a product of the system, throw you the ball a lot. If I throw you to 20 times, that's what T.O. used to say, remember? Yep. He was like, I used to be open, but – Romo steady looking for Witten. Yep. I think that was his boy. Yep. That was his boy. That was probably his favorite receiver. So what they call it? Nepotism. Yeah. Sure enough do. Um yep. I didn't know Pat Patrick Mahomes, he didn't overly impress. Um he had a good game, but he was twenty three at thirty five for two hundred and ninety four yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked twice. He had a QBR of ninety seven point five and a rating of one twenty point four. Uh, what did surprise me was he ran the ball for eight eight carries for 53 yards and a touchdown, most of it coming on that one run, that 30-yard run that he had. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the replays of that that run yet? Uh, yeah, well, uh, no one was trying to tackle him. Yeah, I don't understand. People they were so, tackling with their hands. And, so, you know. so many people are scared to uh, get that fine or get suspended. They don't want to hit the quarterback no more. I'm like, yo, that man's running. That would have been a perfect time to try to make him fumble. Like I know a team. I know a team that was going to hit him hard. Who's that? Oh yeah, San Francisco. They're going to try to take. It. Yo, you know who's one of my new favorite players now? Nick Bosa. I love that dude. That, I've he, always liked him out of college. Yeah. Even he, though I didn't like um, Ohio State, that's where he's from. But yeah, yeah. Even though I didn't like yeah. Ohio State, but I like him. I like their family. They got a good, you know, the Bosa family. They do them. Yeah, they do. They, they do what they have to do. Football heads. I'll say one thing. His brother, him and his brother, are ferocious. Yeah, getting to that quarterback boy. Did did they file a play in the NFL, or you're not sure? I think so. 
Yeah. I was going to say, them two dudes, they're like your prototypical. They're built almost exactly the same and powerful. And them dudes get to the quarterback. I call them lab made. Yeah. If I was going to make a position and make someone in the lab, I'd be like, okay, this is perfect. His shoulders are perfect. Big head, big shoulders, fast legs, big hands, long long, long arms. Yep. They're perfect. They're yep. perfect. They're genetically enhanced somewhere down the line. I don't know where. Now, um, to what you were saying about uh, doubling Kelsey, or you were saying doubling Hill, if they didn't have Kelsey out there, they could double Hill and they could double um, Watkins. Or, Watkins. Uh, yeah, or Hardman. Um, but it looks like they did do that. Uh, Kelsey only ended up with three catches for 30 yards. And Watkins, he's the one who had the big game. He had seven receptions for 114 yards with a touchdown. Uh, Tyreek Hill had five receptions for 67 yards. He had two touchdowns. And Hardman only had one catch. So they kept Kelsey and Hardman in check. But they couldn't. He was doing the decoy thing, yeah. right? Yep. That's exactly what happened. But Sammy Watkins coming out of that slot position, because I think that's what Watkins is playing now, because I think Harmon's on the outside. Um, yeah, he's the one who busted loose yesterday. They couldn't really stop him. Uh, he was targeted the most out of everybody, 10 times. He had seven receptions for 114 yards, like I just said. So, um, You know, if I was a coach, right, I would, I would look at Kansas City and i say, okay, they're not going to run the ball that often as far as what they're running back. Mahomes might. So what I would do is put six defensive backs on the field, and I would say, and I won't, I wouldn't. This is something that Billichek would do. I seen him do it before. He doesn't double a person; he doubles the slot position. Well, how can I say it? He doesn't. He don't double the person per se. He double whatever the slot of the position is of the receivers and tight ends. Meaning, if it's an inside person, I got six down, six corners, six defensive backs. You double that person who's ever in that position. I don't care who it is. You double there and funnel them here. Yeah. You don't do the whole because on offense, once they realize you're doubling, they're just going to motion out, right? They're going to motion you, split you wide, and then open up the field for the rest of the people that's not being a double. Because if someone's doubled, that means all the rest of the people are one-on-one. So my thing is this. I don't care who's in that position on the outside of the slot. Who's ever there, double them. I don't care who it is. The reason I'm thinking of that because the play that I think you're thinking on when they double Kelsey and hit Tyreek Hill for the touchdown up the seam, uh-huh. if you just doubled the seam, don't worry about what Kelsey at because he was on the far side of the field, which means he had less room to work with. The, 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 the line can be your guard, right? The out-of-bounds line can be your guard. Yeah. So immediately when that happens, Tyreek Hill one-on-one, how could you not see it? It wouldn't have happened with me because I would have said just double whoever in that slot at this time on the biggest offside of the field. So I'm going to predict that's what San Francisco is going to do. They're going to put six defensive linemen, I mean six defensive backs on the field, dare them to kill them with the run. Kansas City won't because he want to put up points. That's one thing about Andy Reid. He liked to make you happy. He liked to make his team and his fans happy by putting up points. Yeah, I could I couldn't have said it better myself. What a what a rundown by the Sean Mack <laughs> expert. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get more into that um, that uh, San Francisco game right after this segment. First, we wanted to now my intentions were just in case Tennessee won, I had some music I had lined up, you know, a little celebration for uh, for Tennessee. But seeing that they lost, now I got this music on our playlist and. So I'm, I'm going to play it anyway. This is for um, saluting to the Tennessee Titans for having a great season and upsetting the Patriots and the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So 
That was beautiful, 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 beautiful. Yeah, it wasn't beautiful for me. It made me feel uh, pretty, pretty uh, damn horrible. Yeah, take, you take it and live with it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so we're about to get into that, and uh, we will be right back. This is Sports Fans Only Home. For the hottest sports show around, these guys are on fire. Here we go! Yeah! For the first time, it's going down history, baby! New th- hey, Bob, Nim, JG, Young Buck, it's a Tennessee thing! We gotta stay! Cut up on a cigarillo like a lumberjack In the morning, all I need is a free 
and a whole lot of weed What I feed is somebody to give me what I need What I want is less than the best of the trees Bitch, you ballin' Juicy J Hey, ballin' MJG And your fuck, we don't give a fuck We must represent this Tennessee We drink a whole lot of Hennessy Now nigga got a little hair on his chest And we like Bill Clinton, girl Take it out your mouth, we'll shoot it right down his dress I'm a toast today, career a ball and MJG. Perfect combination, boy. Pimp hard. You got to go get the new album. Legends in the South, bringing that Memphis, Tennessee style to you right now. Bangladesh. Yeah. 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 It's bad yeah. boy South, niggas. Yeah. 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 Ball and G. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. The moment you've all been waiting for. Yeah. Collaboration. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Stop Let's playing. Go. Come on. Straight from the underground fat.
All right, Sean Mack, back with the recap. Finishing with the NFC Championship game. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers, was 31 of 39, 326 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He was good, but not good enough. Running back, Aaron Jones, 12 carries, 56 yards, one touchdown. Wide receiver, Devontae Adams, nine catches, 138 yards, zero touchdowns. Aaron Jones, five receptions, 27 yards, one touchdown. Tight end, Jay Sternberger, two receptions, one touchdown. Green Bay, 20. The 49ers, Jimmy G, would definitely have to throw the ball more next game. He was 6 of 8, 77 yards, 0 touchdown. Record-breaking game for running back Raheem Moster, 29 carries, 220 yards on the ground, and 4 huge touchdown runs. Green Bay, did you try to tackle him? Just asking. Not much action from the 49ers receiving core, who was only target 8 times. They had 6 receptions, 77 yards. Zero touchdowns. San Francisco, 37. So the San Francisco 49ers knocked off the Green Bay Packers, 37-20. to 20. The 49ers move on to play in their first Super Bowl since 2012, where they will face the Kansas City Chiefs. So we have the Kansas City Chiefs doing battle with the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 54. All right, it's Sean Mack with the recap, and this is Sports Fans Only. They get a gun run, most it off the left side, breaks a tackle, 25, 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! Feels great, baby, ride that way, Mosterati! Wow! Tebow goes in jet sweep motion, they give it a most it off the left side, gets wide, a stiff arm on Martinez, down the sideline, Raheem Moster does it again! Touchdown! Just outside of Staley, Garoppolo got a handoff to Mostert, a cutback run, 10-5, touchdown! San Francisco, Raheem Mostert has the hat trick in the first half of the NFC Championship game! Get a true eye, they're going to run it again, wide stretch run to Mostert, gets the edge lap, cuts back inside, Raheem Mostert has four rushing touchdowns and the most yards rushing in a playoff game in 49er history. Welcome back to the show. As you just heard, that was Mustard. M- Mustard? Mustard? How do you most, say? Mostard. Most like Mostard. Most yeah. That's that's an odd name for a uh for a running back, but uh, for a black man, for that matter, <laughs> never heard of a name like that. But anyway, he was uh, he was beasting last night. He, he sure enough was 220 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, he was beasting so much. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even have to throw more than eight passes, as we stated earlier. So, yeah, this guy he was he was all in last night, and he was big reason why they won. Don't you think, Sean? Yeah, the more I'm learning about him, uh, it's a story of uh, of comeback, of perseverance. It's uh, he, it's interesting learning about him. The next two weeks are gonna definitely be fun learning more about this guy. It seemed like he had a tough road to hoe, and uh, he's end up in a good place. God's good. Yeah, God is good all the time. Um, let's see here, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I said, six of eight for seventy-seven yards. I never thought I'd see a. Uh, NFC Championship or AFC Championship game where the starting quarterback threw the ball eight times the entire game. That's like high school high school stats. But that just that just goes to show you 
that uh, their offensive line and their running attack is that lethal. Um, uh, Debo Samuel, he had two carries for 43 yards. Coleman had six carries for 21 yards. And Breida had one carry for two yards. So he they had uh, 42 carries for 285 yards and four touchdowns. Absolutely beastly. And I can't wait to see what they do against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Looks like it's going to be Clash of the Titans. Minus do you the Titans. think it's possible? <laughs> minus the Titans. That's awesome. <laughs> do you think it's possible that um, the 49ers and Jimmy G could beat Kansas City with him only throwing eight passes for this game? It depends. If they get an early lead, I think they could. If 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 that running back runs like that, or if Tevin Coleman runs like that, it's very possible. Because what you're doing is you're slowing the game down, you're keeping Mahomes off the field, so the fewer amount of times he's on the field is, you know, that's the less chance they have to score a touchdown. So you're trying to keep them with about eight to nine possessions a game. If you could do that and then out of those eight to nine possessions, hold them to a field goal, say at least half the time, and then make them punt two times, you have a chance. But that's a lot of ifs and buts. So I don't know this, if they can do it. This sounds weird, but if I was Andy Reid and I realized during the Super Bowl that we can't stop their run game, right? Uh-huh. I'm going to let them score. I'm not going to let their run game actually dictate the time of possession. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a very uh, forward thinking idea. I never heard anybody think of that. But you think their offense is that good? Because remember, San Francisco's defense is nasty. So there's no guarantee that Kansas City's gonna score. If you let them score, there's no guarantee you're gonna score. But do you think they they can score like that? They can score, but it's gonna have to be weird. I know Andy right now. He's in the war room and he's drawing up plans. That San Francisco defense. It's probably one of the most aggressive defenses I've ever seen in my life. So one way to beat a aggressive defense, screen plays, misdirection plays, yeah. which Kansas City love. They love their little trick plays with their speedsters. Now, I'm not sure if Kansas City can actually stop that defense. I mean, stop San Francisco's running game. I don't think they can. That's why mid-first quarter, if I see that we're giving up huge chunks, talking eight yards, 12 yards, averaging maybe six-plus a carry, I'm going to say if they get to the 20-yard line and get in the red zone, we're going to try to stop them. But if it's a time possession thing and they're chunking up eight minutes, six minutes, four minutes at a time, I'm going to be like, yo, if someone's running up the sideline, don't tackle them, let them score. I think we can score on them with misdirection plays and screen plays. The screen game is going to be huge. You're hearing it here right now. The screen game for Kansas City is going to be huge. I mean huge against the aggressive nature of San Francisco's defense. Yeah, you have, you have a great point. Um, I'm with you. I don't know if Kansas City is going to be able to stop that, that vaunted rushing attack from San Francisco. Um, and there's no one – particular running back. That's the scary thing about them. And people forget about uh, Kittle, their tight end. Now, a lot of people say he's the best tight end in football. Um, I guess you can either take him or Kelsey. You know, I I would put Kelsey a little above him. But if Kelsey is 1A, he's definitely 1B. And he didn't really shine that much against against Green Bay. And I think that he's going to be a big key to San Francisco's chances of winning the Super Bowl. And with that said, 
let me play a little from Kittle. This is after the uh, Green Bay game. Uh, this is him up at the podium at the uh, post-game uh, conference. Feels great, baby. God, got it that time. Good job. Can you explain the shirt? Oh, no. So you remember Jimmy had a T-shirt with my face in his locker, and he told everyone I sent it to him. I got this in my locker the same day. I just didn't show you guys because I was saving it for a special occasion. So I think it's pretty good. Actually, I thought he was going to be talking about the game. Now, what? what that, that's funny too. He had that shirt on of Jimmy G's. Uh, what you say, soap opera face? Yeah, he got that General Hospital face. Look, I mean, he really looks like a porn star in that picture. You see him? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. The chest. I didn't know he was chiseled up like that. Yeah, he chiseled yeah. right. <laughs> no body fat. Yo, okay, tell me this. You got to see the game more than I because I was at work. And, you know, when games are on, I do less as possible. But this is what it is. Everyone knows it. I say it in front of my boss. Um, was Green Bay actually, being he only threw eight passes, Jimmy G, were, were Green, was Green Bay putting eight men in the box, if not nine? Why, why, what went wrong? Why couldn't they stop him? That's a great, that's a great question. And you know what? I think they were, they were scared of uh, Debo Samuel. I think they were scared of Samuel and Kittle. They were afraid of that play-action pass. And I think San Francisco said, you know what? If you're not going to bring all those men up in the box, we're just going to keep running. And I don't think Green Bay ever adjusted. They Yeah, I'm going to say, it gets to a point where, hey, he's only thrown eight passes. <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing I thought. But I think they were so nervous about the deep pass because usually Garoppolo, he'll get in at least one to two deep, deep bombs. But you would think after a while, after you're getting gashed, I mean, totally just ripped up from the run. You would think that you would, you would stop and uh, you know try to figure out something better because that was horrible. That is horrible. I predict that Jimmy G is going to have a huge game. He's going to be like 21, 34. Going to go 20, 25 or 40, 350 yards plus, three touchdowns, one interception. Reason saying is that I seen with my own eyes that offense opened up against my Saints at home. So they're capable. And if you compare Kansas City's defense to the Saints' defense, they're pretty similar. And if he can do that against our defense in the Superdome, I'm pretty sure it's a game plan being drawn up for Jimmy G to throw that ball around because you can throw against Kansas City's defense. They're going to give up points. They're just looking to outscore you. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I don't know if you knew that uh, Tevin Coleman, actually, he got carted off in that game yesterday. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got carted off, so if he's not available, now hopefully this is just like a stinger or something. It's a shoulder injury. So uh, hopefully that's not something that's going to keep him out of the Super Bowl. But, yeah, he was carted off the field, so I don't know if that's going to take away from the 49ers running attack or not. I mean, of course it's going to take away a little bit. but Because um, they kind of had what uh, the Saints had when they had Ingram and they had uh, Kamara, kind of like a thunder-lightning type of thing. So him being out, who who knows? Who knows? But – um. I want to get Jimmy G's reaction. This is right after the game. Let's hear from uh, Jimmy G. Just to be going to the Super Bowl. It's incredible. I mean, uh, it's full season and everything, crazy ride, and uh, these guys stuck with it. I mean, it was, a, it was awesome. Now, when you saw Richard Sherman clinch it with that interception, what was going through your mind? I mean, your general manager, everyone started celebrating oh, before yeah. the clock ticked zero. Yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, that's the type of team we have. Just guys, everyone's pulling for each other. Everyone's on the same page, having fun out here. I mean. It was electric tonight out here. The stadium was rocking. It was great. 
And how about Raheem Mostert getting 220 rush yards tonight, the most by a 49er in any game, regular season or postseason. What type of nickname do you have for him tonight? Is it oh, Mosterati, Hot Boys? Most, what is it? He was surfing, sur I mean, all that stuff. He just, he was rolling tonight. Those guys up front were dominating. It was, uh, made my job real easy tonight. So that, to me, that was uh, the biggest part of that game. The takeaway that I got from it was their offensive line played amazing last night. They were pushing around Green Bay. It was like a, a, a varsity team playing against a JV team. It was just anytime they wanted to run the ball, they could run the ball. And if they can do that against Kansas City, like you said, they're either going to Kansas City's either going to have to allow them to score or because keeping your, your defense, and that's another thing, Green Bay's defense was out there for so long, it tired their defense out. By the end of the game, they were, they were no good. So if they can do that to Kansas City, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You keep Kansas City's defense out there, and at the same time, you keep Mahomes on the bench. So that's a recipe for victory. I just don't know if they can do it, but if they can, they have a great chance to win. First, I like to say, Jerry Wright, stop doing so much. You're doing too much. Leave it alone. Yeah. You're hopping all around with a chain on. Yeah, you see What's that? wrong with you, man? You see Joe Montana in the building? Just chilling. You see Joe around? Just, you know, you see anybody else? Just chilling, you know, just looking. But um, if you're San Francisco, you're in a good place. Because think about it. The opposing team, which is Kansas City, is thinking, who do we have to stop? Got to be Moister, right? Most Moister. Got to be Moister. Yeah. Have to stop him first. First and foremost, stop him, which allows you to make a game plan that can be ridiculous. You can, you can actually start that game off play-actioning without even running a, a run play. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. They're so focused on him as a running back and what he did last game. They're going to try to stop you. They might start off with eight in the box. But it's a good place to be in if you're San Francisco right now. You know, now, on another note, I have a question. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is done? What do you mean, as far as, like, his window to win the Super Bowl? Win the Super Bowl, and as far as being that bad man, one of the best in the league. Because immediately two people have jumped him already this year. Lamar Jackson, and you got Pat Mahomes. See, Green Bay is in a situation that I kind of knew they would be in when Aaron Rodgers, he re-signed, he got another contract. I don't know if that was last year or the year before, but it was for another, or maybe it was the year before that. might have been three years ago. But it was one of those big contracts again. He got another extension, which he should. You know, at the time, three years ago, two years ago, he was still considered one of the best in the league. But that, that handicaps a, a NFL team when your quarterback is making so much money and you're not a – you're not a um you're not able to fill in the pieces around them. Like who do they got? I don't even know who's their tight end. Uh Jimmy Graham? Yeah. So Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, but he's a shell of himself. He's for whatever reason, ever since he left uh New Orleans. New Orleans. He haven't been the same, ha right? Haven't been the same. So you have a, a tight end that's a shell of himself and Jimmy Graham. You have Devontae Parker who, although he had a good game last week against Seattle. He hasn't been the same since he came back from his uh, his injury earlier in the year. So he's not at full strength. And then you lost Jordy Nelson. I don't even know who anybody else is on their team. Oh, their running back, Aaron Jones. He's he's a pretty decent running back. But other than that, who do you have? So in their defense, I think they just played beyond their capability this year. They overachieved. You can't ask them to do the same thing next year. So with that being said, I think his window is definitely closing. I don't think unless he gets traded or it's definitely not going to be free agency because so, he's got a couple more years on his contract. So 
I think it's closed. I think it's closed. You got Minnesota. That's that's they're not going anywhere. Chicago. I think they're going to have a rebound year. So yeah, I think to answer your question, I think Aaron Rodgers his window has closed as far as Super Bowl. They could still make the playoffs and all that, but Super Bowl, that's it. He's going to retire with one Super Bowl. Mark my words. Yeah, I believe you. I I, I agree as well. I think he still has a chance to be a good, if not borderline great, quarterback in this league. But like I mentioned, the young quarterbacks are coming. Your Colin Murray's, your um, Pat Mahomes, where he's arrived. Lamar Jackson has arrived. But I have to say I actually have to give an applause to uh, Matt LaFleur in his rookie year as a head co- as a head as a head coach he did extremely well for what he was given and i think the reason that that defense and the entire team in general overachieved is because of matt lafleur but you know you get the honeymoon period you get the initial the initial adrenaline rush from having a new system after hearing mccarthy for all those years wear on your ears so matt lafleur came in and he did what he had to do and he did a good job. Now, the real question is, how much do they blame the team blame him for the loss? Maybe not having them prepared for that situation on the road. But uh, you have to give kudos to um, LeFleur because he did do a good job as a rookie head coach. LeFleur. I love that. Last Le, I know, right? <laughs> now, now, the way that you said, now you make me believe that you can't win with a guy called Matt LeFleur. <laughs> Matt LeFleur. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, for a first year coach, and having to take over as like pretty much Aaron Rodgers offensive coordinator guy um he was the one calling the plays to take that responsibility on top of taking over the Green Bay Packers and being in that NFC North division I think he did a hell of a job in fact I go as far to say as he might deserve consideration for coach of the year I just don't mm, offhand yeah offhand I can't think of anyone that deserves it more than him yeah, I, I don't need maybe John Harbaugh, Harbaugh maybe, but because mm, uh, mm, it yeah. is it is a regular season award. So there's a couple places, even um Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. I'm sorry, that's his father. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. He just actually he probably will get it, but who knows? But hello, um, yeah. Can you hear me? You can't hear me. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like something went wrong. Yeah, I can oh. hear you. It seemed like something went wrong on the visual and on the audio, but we're back. Oh, okay, yeah. No, nah, I didn't. Have, it must have just been on your side. I could still see you. For all those betting, all you betters out there, the Kansas City Chiefs—they have opened up as a minus one point five favorite. Uh, really? I didn't know anything about the odds. That's from Vegas. Yep, Caesar Sportsbook. They opened up as a uh, minus one point five on Sunday, and took early bets on the 49ers. So. They got the Chiefs as favorites by the slimmest of margins, so even they think that, it's going to be uh, a good game. That line's going to move. You got two weeks, man. You got well, actually, as of right now, you got thirteen days. That line's going to move. Say it's going to max out at five. It's going to be Kansas City favorite by five. Really, when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's I, what I think. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, 49ers possibly losing Ken, uh, Tevin Coleman. His first name's Tevin, right? Yeah, it's Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. I was about to call him Tevin Campbell. <laughs> Me, oh, Lord. That's my boy right there. That boy good, yeah. <laughs> I was just listening. You was too. I was just listening yeah. to that. Um, Can we talk? Yeah, that's my shit right there. Um, yep. minute. Yeah, that's not joint right there. Love um, that boy. But, yeah, so they open up as favorites as of right now. But like Sean said, it's probably going to move, um, especially if Tevin uh, Camp. Tevin Campbell. Tevin Coleman <laughs> is really hurt and injured and he can't play. I can't think of any other players who are 
who are on the injured list right now. Uh, both no. teams kind of came out clean of those uh, AFC and NFC championship games. But Kelsey was nicked up. You could see that he wasn't at 100%. But I had to guess he was running at like 85%. But they said go out and be a decoy. So this two-week um, wait until the Super Bowl will give him ample amount of time to heal up. That's right. He got hurt last week, right? What, yeah. Yeah, he got hurt last week. I remember seeing him limp around and trying to get Andy Reid to put him back into the game. So uh, we got to see what goes on with that. Um, let's see what else we got going on in the NFL here. We've got a bunch of different news. You know, it's getting to the end of the football season, so stuff like this for the um, NFL is kind of running thin. Um, actually, there really is no news. It's going to be dry for the NFL for the next couple of weeks until media day and all stuff like that. Um, as far as the NBA goes, let's hop over to the NBA real quick. Um, Lakers say AD will be available for the for this next game after missing five games in a row. What did I tell you at the beginning of the year? Yeah, injury prone, injury prone. But it's just a bruise, so that aspect of it is good news. Do you think he really needed to sit out? Like, if this was the playoffs, he probably would have played, right? I mean, it was just hundred percent. Yeah, just hundred percent. It's a bruised tailbone. So, and they've been winning. They haven't really missed a beat since he's uh, been hurt, which is a a good thing for the Lakers. I think that builds confidence, knowing that one of your two best players is out for that long. And I think they only lost one game, which was to Orlando, since he's been out. They should have won that game, but mm. oh, I, I want- see it. I see it different, though. I see it being. I've watched. I watched two of those games. I saw highlights on the other ones. When AD's out, LeBron does more. LeBron and uh, Danny Green does more. Yeah. But do you really want LeBron doing the season having to do more? That's why you got AD there, right? Relieve some of the pressure so he can be well rested, turning into the playoffs. So. I see it as a plus minus. You're gonna you're building more cohesiveness with the team, true. But you're putting more minutes on Brian's legs. He's playing more minutes when AD's out. Those five game stretch, he's played like three to four more minutes per game, which lends me to say, hmm, it's good to get those wins. Yeah, trying to place yourself in a different in a high seed. They're still number one in the West. But what you're getting out of it and what you're taking away from it. Are two different things. You're gaining experience, cohesiveness, but you're putting more minutes on the old man's legs, which can go out at any time. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend having him play all these minutes, but I think this is more of a LeBron decision. I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't always. Think, I don't think the coaches. If if you left it up to the coaches, they would have him sitting out sometimes. But mm-hmm. he's on this thing that, and I, you know what? I honestly believe that the reason why he's doing this is because Kawhi takes so many games off. Don't it seem like yeah. there's like a like an underlying like friction, but not I don't want to say friction. It just don't seem like they like each other too much. Well, Kawhi started it when he went and pulled Paul George and Paul Paul George and said, This is his city. He said it. And you just made me think about I thought of Kawhi. We so on like a wavelength here sometimes. But I was just thinking, what did you think about the Kawhi statement when he told LA Clippers fans to just enjoy the process? And we'll get to the championship. Be easy. Because they're trying to tell him with the resting and uh, the limited minutes that he plays when he do play sometimes and some nights. You know, he said if they're up or even if they're not, which is weird to see a team kind of struggling. But your main star actually sitting on the bench saying, um, yeah, I'm just resting my bones, boy. <laughs> you know, it's funny to see. But what do you think of him telling the, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers fans to just enjoy the ride and, you know, enjoy the trip to the uh, championship? It, it, it's going to take time, but enjoy. I think it's a little arrogant of him to be talking championship talk right now. I mean, I, I get it. He probably feels like he's Superman right now. He's like, I went to Toronto and I won a championship. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah. So well, at first I had the Spurs dying over me because they knew that would, if I left, my um, my uh, organization would be in shambles. Yeah, and, and and so you take that into account. You you take into account that he went to Toronto and won a, a championship for a city who's probably never going to win a championship ever again. And then you go on from, his first year. On his first year, and he only played sixty of the the eighty two games. So. He went there and won a championship, and then you had LeBron. Uh, let's not forget, LeBron was trying to get Kawhi to the Lakers before uh, he went to the Clippers. LeBron really wanted him there, and Kawhi was like, "Nah, man, I'm not. I don't want to play with you." That's basically what he did, and and I think there's something there. I don't know why. It seems like Kawhi, when he plays LeBron, he wants to kill LeBron. Like he, he it's God. like he's out for blood, and. He won his spot. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you know, you know what I don't like about LeBron? He doesn't do this to too many people. I can think of – he didn't even do this against Kobe. But he does it with Kawhi, and he does it with uh, – who was the other – there's another player out there that when it comes time to – who was it? And people were saying, how come LeBron's not d him? It was one of those two. Oh, uh, Kevin oh, Durant. Oh, Kevin Durant. <laughs> when it comes to Kevin Durant – now, earlier in Kevin Durant's career, when they, when they met up in the championship, when Miami played OKC – LeBron did match up with him more. It seems like he was a little more effective. Now, I don't know if he's just getting old and he's like, I don't feel like dealing with that so he doesn't want to defend him or whatever. But Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, boy, when they match up against LeBron, LeBron's like, I want no parts of that. And to me, nope. that it annoys me to the moment. Like, I'm hoping that this next game, I was like, boy, I hope you're not faking your injury. This last game they played the Clippers, <laughs> yeah, that definitely Yo. went through my brain. I remember, um, I think it was the first time that the Golden State played, uh, Golden State Warriors played the um, Clippers, and uh, I mean the um, Cavaliers, and it was like game four or five. It was a crucial game. They needed it. And uh, the Cleveland scored, and one of the other teammates was telling LeBron, you know how you point to who you got? Like, I got him, I got him. And LeBron pointed to him and said, get him. And dude was like, no, you get him. And then LeBron didn't get him. And they were actually at at the timeout, you saw them in the huddle, and he was like, well, you get him. And you could see whoever he was talking to was like, whatever, man, whatever. But, you know, back to um, L.A. Clippers fans, I'm going to tell them one thing. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Shut it. Shut it. You, ha- you have no way, no right to even fix your lips to say anything to Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers fan base, that is. Just shut it up. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, just, you know. Your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't. So I, I just want to see how things play out this season and and see what happens. Oh, I never got a chance, and you never left a message, so I want to ask you now. Um, remember when I was saying, I don't know, remember the show I was saying, uh, Shaq said that him and Kobe, now he was saying if everything was, everybody in their primes, we don't have to worry about injuries or nothing like that. Him and Kobe against LeBron and Shaq. I mean, Shaq and Kobe versus LeBron and AD. Who wins that mm. pickup game? Shaq, Shaq and Kobe. You know why? And it, I'm going to cancel out Kobe and LeBron, right? Uh-huh. Right? They, they both could give each other the business. I hear Kobe Bryant's one of the best one-on-one players ever, no matter who he's playing, right? Uh-huh. Let's, let's be real, dog. AD would be scared of a young Shaq. Um, Think about it. Think about the timid, the, how timid he is, how injury-prong he is. Just his frame, right? You take a Shaq, a late Shaq from Orlando, or early Shaq in uh, L.A., he would destroy him, man. See, if, you ju- if you're talking from that perspective, I would just more like talking talent-wise. Because talent-wise, <laughs> just, like, just like Shaq couldn't guard him, 
I mean, just like oh, AD. Sha- Shaq could guard. I say Shaq could guard AD no. any day, especially a young Shaq. You give you give AD the ball at the at the top of the three point line and let him shake him. There's no way Shaq no, is staying man, with him. And he couldn't, yo. And he shoot three pointers. You see what Yao not? Ming used to do to that man? Yeah, no, we're but, talking prime. Shaq wasn't yo, in his prime. He was he was big. And his, yo, no, Shaq leaving. I call Shaq's prime when he left Orlando the first two years in L.A. Yeah, he was huge. He wasn't there yet. He was still, he, he wasn't the Shaq of the championships where he just ate food and didn't do exercise and <sighs> waited till the season started to get back into shape. That was him and Kobe's beef, right? Yeah. But if you take, yo, it wouldn't be no comparison. I, Shaq I, I, couldn't handle him. I, I just, I just, I know AD can't handle Shaq. I know that I think for a would, fact. But, but you're not taking into consideration the mental. I don't even think AD gonna want, want to even have the ball in his hand if Shaq in front of his face, a young Shaq. He would be literally scared. I mean, literally out of his mind, scared. I, that I, Shaq. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna believe what you're saying, and then I almost do believe it, but I don't know that man, so I don't want to sit here and be like that man automatically just gonna be scared of him. I mean. If Yao Ming wasn't scared of him, I mean, Yao Ming's personality was kind of passive yeah, and kind of. But you're looking at Yao. He's six seven. I mean, he's seven seven, man. I mean, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> and true. he had the skills. He knew I could shoot over Shaq. You know what I mean? And Shaq always give Yao the credit. Was like that man had more heart than people expect. Just because he's quiet, you know, and reserved, he would really get out there and try to kill you. He was a silent assassin. One thing I know about AD, he's a product of this generation, and this generation don't want nothing physical. That's and true. That's true. He back him down and dunk. Remember what he used to do to uh, what Shaq used to do to uh, who that was. He used to dunk on a lot. Sacramento Divots used to dunk on a lot. Was big Ulster, country? No, that was that was Grizz. Ultra tag, ultra tag. He used to dunk on a lot. Oh, damn! I dropped my phone, but that's okay. I'm getting excited <laughs> over here. Um, Sabonis. Oh yeah, he used to do the him things dirty. he used to do to that man that was bigger than him. He used to put him in the goal and dunk on him. Then puts his. Then he used to rub his genitals on his nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He used to dunk on him for fun. He used to like. He used to like playing against him. Like, think how light AD is. You get two dunks like that with his knees all in your face. AD gonna be like, "Huh, LeBron, do you? I'm gonna try to get mine on the perimeter." See, my. Now life- I give you this. The perimeter would be a little more difficult, but Shaq, a younger Shaq, prime Shaq, could get out there and guard. A young Shaq used to get out there and guard the pick and roll. And was able to like, you know how you flash and show to hold the man off, and then get back to your man. He yeah. was able to do that as he was younger in a prime shack. I just think AD's physical makeup would make him almost impossible to be able to handle anything about Shaq. Not saying that AD wouldn't be able to get his points, but it'll become a point where it's just too much overpowering, and LeBron would actually have to come down and help on Shaq. Yeah, I I think we we disagree a little bit. I th- I think like you said, he couldn't do anything with Shaq, but I think he could sit out there at that three point line, and worse come to worse, he can make three to four three pointers. Shaq ain't gonna play him up close. He's gonna think he's gonna try to drive, and if he plays him super tight, AD's gonna go right around him. No, I don't think he can go right around him. He'll get around him, but Shaq makeup was he was fast when he was young. Take some old looks at um. Orlando Magic's Shaq. I'm going to say Shaq. Not when his first two years in Orlando because he was like a gazelle, right? He was skinny, yeah, fresh was, out of yeah. LSU, yeah, jumping I'm, everywhere. But take the Shaq that was in most shape when he left Orlando in the first two years at L.A. It was awesomely ridiculous, the amount of strength and brute strength that he came with. I mean, like I say, A.D. would try to do what he did, but it would get to a point where he realized, damn, he's just 
He's he's taking my lunch money right now. Yeah, I mean, like I, I tend to want to try to agree with you for the most part. I, like I said, I didn't take into account the fear factor. I'm like, you know, like when you look at a video game and you put those four players in a video game, you have Shaq and Kobe versus LeBron and AD, and you take that whole fear aspect out. I think mm-hmm. it becomes a lot more closer. But you're yeah. right. If he's scared of them, then that's like that site when Mike Tyson went to go fight in all his fights and everybody. There could have been guys more talented than Mike Tyson, but most of them were so scared of him, they lost before the fight even started. So Yeah. So, Shaq just re- made a statement. I think you sent me a clip of something, which led me to another clip a few days ago. And Shaq was saying um, that he was like, the time passed. He looked around. He was like, yeah, enough times passed. He was like, I have to say it. Shaq said, I was scared of Charles Barkley, and I was scared of um, – <laughs> It was one more person. It was Charles Barkley, and they asked him, "You wasn't of Akeem?" And he was like, "No, because Akeem just had this uh, his 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 well being and the way he cared about people was just you know overwhelming. You knew that he might give you forty, but he was gonna give you a nice forty. Like, yeah. how you doing, brother? You know." But he said he was. Shaq said he was scared of Charles Barkley, and one other person asked him why. He was like, "Because do you see how they play? They were Hall of Famers, and like they all in your face." And he was like, "I was young and unproven." I didn't know how I was going to be able to react to him. So if a young Shaq could be scared of people that was already in the league, yeah, I think AD would have the same feel about Shaq, right? The yeah. age difference. And, you know, he would have the same, like, oh, my God, this is Shaquille O'Neal just put his knee in my chest. Very true. Very true. You know? And like you said, a lot of it is psychological anyway. So um, yeah. it could very well be that he would be timid going up against him. I'm trying to think who other... Now I remember that clip. That was that TNT clip with uh, mm-hmm. Kenny Smith and all them. And I forget. Yeah, there was he said one. Charles... Was it Charles Oakley? Of, no, not Charles. No, it was another center. He said, I was scared of... Uh, Oak. He said, I was scared of Charles Barkley. And I was scared of... Uh, it was another Hall of Famer, too, I think. Yeah, it was another Hall of Famer. It wasn't Pat Ewing, because they asked him about Hakeem. And he was like, no, because of his demeanor. Uh, I forget who it was. But it just goes to show you, even someone... Now, back then, you asked me, you think Shaq's? I'd be like, no, Shaq going to go bust his behind, man. That's what he does because I, I followed him from LSU. So I, I've been in love with him and Chris Jackson. If people don't know, you need to look up Chris Jackson. Uh, I can't even get to say what he changed his name into because of his religious beliefs. But he was one of the first guys that uh, pretty much got kicked out of the NBA because he didn't want to stand for the anthem. Oh, okay. Mark Dat Raouf. Mark Dat Raouf. That's what, that's what he he changed his name. Oh, to. He's a, um, yeah, I know you're talking about. That's the yeah. dude that a lot of people said if the first he, Steph Curry, yeah, yeah, if the if NBA rules the, were different back then. He would have been, yeah. The, yeah. He hurt himself because he used to fast, you know, and it was hard to. He couldn't drink no water. He couldn't. So, you know, when people changed because of their religious beliefs, sometimes they got to think about the sporting event, and you put your body through a lot of stress, which means you might not, you shouldn't probably be playing that sport at that time, but you do what you love. But that's another subject for another day. But I guarantee you when we started this conversation, a lot of people licked their chops and rubbed their hands saying they about to get into it about uh, Kobe and uh, LeBron James. Nah. But we fooled you. Yeah, we fooled we you. Fooled you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to leave that. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that one, I'm sure, at some point in oh, yeah. some, some other show. That's a never-ending Back yeah. and forth. Oh, back. oh we'll, we'll get back to it when uh, the Lakers lose to the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals and LeBron, you know, career pretty much be over and, you know. Then. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been saying for the last 15 years, more so to Kenji, but I've been telling everybody, it's, I'm going to relish the day when LeBron goes to the Lakers and you have to cheer for him. That I is going to be the great <laughs> – Deep down, you be looking. I know you do. I know no, you and Kenzie. No. Y'all be sneak cheering on for LeBron. No, I, no, honestly, not one time have I even slipped 
Well, like, oh, yeah, I'd be like, man, Lakers won some bullshit. Like, you know, it's all good. That's- he just... He just loaning out the, Le- you know, they the, they the LeBron Lakers right now. If you ask me, I care less about them. You know what I mean? They're not in Los Angeles. They they in LeBron land. Well, you you you, you might that. you might not care about them that much, but I know for sure, Kenji. You you notice Kenji ain't said nothing about the Lakers, good or bad. The only time he speaks about them is if LeBron does something bad. That, that's the only time. Other than that, yeah, he, he's real yeah. quiet. On, on the slick, I think he um. Mm, he pom pom chairing a little nah, bit. He definitely. That's, oh. Now we know that's his team, so. Mm-hmm. He wants his team to win, so but we'll see. I can't. I hope they win. I hope that's they like. Win. Let's let. All right. Let's say. <laughs> let's say Breeze leave the Saints. Drew uh-huh. Breeze leave the Saints. Brady come. Think I'm a root for the Saints? Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. There's no way you're gonna let. You... Nope. They could win the Super Bowl and be hoisting. I'd be like, man, he's horrible. <laughs> oh, I hate. I hate the Saints. There'll be the Tom Brady ain't. I don't think, like f him. I don't think there's they'll ever be even as much as I dislike Kobe. If he would have came to my Spurs during that time when he wanted to leave the Lakers, I would have loved it just for the simple fact that Kenji's favorite player was coming to my team to win my team championship. It would have brought me great joy. See, you do the mental gymnastics. You're yeah. like, well, my team. Well, if a dude I don't like coming to my team, then you know that's one of your favorite players coming to my team. I see it like, no, I'm like. Oh man, he's horrible. I have, <laughs> want to have nothing to do with this guy. He sucks. But I don't know. Fandom is a weird. That's one thing. They, someone should write a book on fandom. I'm pretty sure they have. But the the way a fan thinks, which is short for fanatic, it's it, it's ridiculous. Some people live and die by it. I try not to take it too serious. But it's codes to me. And if I don't like you, I don't like you till I go to the grave. I hear that, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that, though. You're just keeping it. And I love LeBron, like I told you many a times, what he does on the off the court and the things he do for the black people in America and across the world and people in general of all colors. But he do a lot for his community. And you got to love what he do for his community. So I I, I say it with tongue in cheek, say it in jest. But um, I love LeBron when it comes down to it. Just don't like the basketball player, LeBron James. I hear that. I had a lot of players like that, too, like Kobe being one. I just didn't like him for some reason. Respect his game. Respect the hell out of his talent. Just don't like him. A mm-hmm. um, couple of other things I wanted to get into before we get out of here. Um, Chandler Parsons, man, this dude can't catch a break. I thought he was going to be – well, he actually was like a rising – I don't want to say a star, but he was a rising uh, – a proven starter in the NBA. And just year after year, just crazy stuff happens to him. Uh, looks like he got into a uh, what happened? A car accident. He was injured by a drunk driver. They don't know mm-hmm. if he's not even be, his fault. Not Damn. even his fault. He just I don't know. It's just like bad luck. Him and the guy from Boston, um, Hayward. Hayward. What's mm-hmm. the guy? He just got hurt again too. Like that dude can't catch. He did. Him. Was it was it serious? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna be playing for the rest of the season or not. Yeah, it was bad again. You know, I just saw at the bottom of the scroll when we went on break playing some music. Uh, I saw that um, Kimbo was out and someone else was out, yeah. and I think I saw Haywood, but I, they didn't. You know, I didn't get to see exactly what the injury was. But uh, damn, I feel bad for him because that's gonna be, you know, long as you live and you're sports fans, you have these people that come along. They're great. And there's so much promise for him, but not everybody's promised tomorrow in general. So everyone's definitely not promised good health while living. So, you know. Yeah, sad situation. Um, Kyrie Irving, he's sitting out against the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Seems like this dude, and it has nothing to do with bad luck. Well, maybe it does, but he's always hurt too. He's 
He yeah. just came back from a shoulder injury, played a few games, put his foot in his mouth like he always does. Did you hear he doubled down? I'm surprised we talk and haven't brought this up. When we mentioned this on the last show, the next day they asked him about it, and he doubled down on what he said. Are you serious? He was like, his, his exact words was, I, as a veteran and a great player, reserve the right to tell and criticize my team. We do need more talent. And he went and just doubled down on what he said to make himself seem and they're like, wow, you just don't get it. This man actually said, I, as a great player in like future Hall of Famer, he said that. <laughs> yeah, what? the dude, the, the size of his head is remarkable. I'm surprised he's able to get into the arena um, with his head being so big. I just, I don't know. Uh, and he, in one of his interviews after he said that, before he just doubled down like you just said, he said that, you know, the media needs to stay out of his locker room. But if you're saying this stuff to the media, what are they supposed to do? Just they supposed to just not say nothing about it? Like, media reports on stuff. If you give them something to say. I was going to say, he just need not to answer the question no more. Just yeah. don't answer the question. Just leave it alone, man. Say, you can ask me a question as a media person, but you bet you dare bet not report in the news what I told you. In that case, he might as well go to everybody and say, yo, we're going to do an interview. And he's like, yeah, but everything's off record. Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I just don't get what it's like. He says it, and then he gets mad that everybody talks about it. And it's just it almost seems like another like the players back in the 90s. They didn't really talk to the uh, media like that. You know, they would tell you about the game. But outside of that, what, what players do you remember that really got into, you know, front office stuff like that? No, mm, no. They mind their business. They, they did what they did. Not saying that. You need to shut up and play basketball, like they say. Everyone has the right, reserves the right to uh, their opinion. But um, if you're going to give your statement to the media, and then the media is an outlet, which means they're going to reach out to us as fans uh, and let us know what you said. It's no reason to be upset, uh, especially I've heard people mad at the media for misquoting them. Like, you misquote me, yeah, but... Uh, it wasn't a misquote. It was actually your voice on the recording said what you said. Exactly. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Some people need to grow up. I almost feel like he's such a smart dude, too. But sometimes you just want to say, man, grow up, man. You're a grown mm -hmm. man with all this money. You're playing basketball. Your life is, by all accounts, you know, you have a great life. Like, come on, man. You're making it more complicated than it needs to be. A um, couple more things in the NBA. Uh, Porzingis, he expects to play this Tuesday. Um, he just was going through a knee issue. Uh, another person who, who knows if he's ever going to be healthy enough to play a full season. But uh, he had to get some knee injections in his knee for something that's going on with his knee. So he'll be back on Tuesday. Um, Who's I, that again? I'm uh, sorry. I was looking at some um, something came across my feed. Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Oh, Porzingis? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, he's been out for a while with some knee issues. And uh, Zion, he's he takes another step. Uh, toward the returning on Wednesday for the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. So he's about to come back. I can't wait to see him play his first NBA game. I hope he can stay healthy. And uh, a couple of trade rumors. No, not rumors. These are actually trades that went down. Jeff, Jeff Teague got traded back to the Atlanta Hawks from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, for a draft. He needs to help. Trey needs to help. Yeah, he definitely does. So that's a good – he's already been in Atlanta, and so he's headed back home. And uh, Bazemore, what is it, Kent, Ken Bazemore? From, uh, Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore, he just got traded to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I forget, they didn't say who, who the returning player is. I guess Portland just wanted to get him out of there uh, for whatever reason. I don't know if something was going behind, going on behind the scenes or, what, or whatnot. But, uh, probably more, um, I would say more time for uh, Carmelo. Probably so. So they sent yeah. him off to Sacramento. So. Okay. Um, so that's about it. I'm uh, 
think I'm all done. Yeah, those are all the stories going on right now. You have anything else you want to say, Sean, before we get out of here? Um, no, um, I hope everyone enjoyed the new equipment, um, enjoyed the new format of the show. It's always a pleasure to um, try to make the next show better than the last. And um, that's all I have to say. But uh, porn star Jimmy, porn star Jimmy, porn star Jimmy. <laughs> and we've made it official. If uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers win the Super Bowl, it'll be officially known as Yams Day. It's a little inside joke for us, but uh, all our friends know what we're talking about. Yams Day, porn star Jimmy kind of go hand in hand. So um, that's what it's going to be if they win. I don't think they're going to win. I think Kansas City's going to win. But we'll have one more show. Well, actually, we'll have a few shows. I forgot. It's two weeks before the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. so. And we're actually going to do a show, short show, on uh, Super Bowl Day. So tune in. Yes, we are. And uh, that's going to be kind of fun, having a little live environment, uh, going back and forth with each other. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to that. So um, until Thursday, you guys take care. We appreciate you turn, uh, tuning in. This is Keith Johnson. That's Sean Matt. This is Sports Fans Only. See you guys on Thursday. Porn star Jimmy, porn star Jimmy, porn star Jimmy. Yams Day. Peace. Peace. Who y'all talking to, man? Oh, check it out. Check it out. This here goes out. For all the niggas that be fucking mad bitches In other niggas' cribs Nigga shit is sweet Nigga creep up on your ass <laughs> Live niggas respect it Check it I kick flows for ya Kick down doors for ya Even left all my motherfucking hoes for ya Niggas think Frankie pussy whip Nigga picture that with the Kodak It's the Mattack We don't get down like that Lay my game down quite flat Sweetness, where you park that? Petiteness, but that ass fat. She got a body, make a nigga wanna eat that. I'm fucking with you. The bitch official though, dick harder than the missile, yo. Try to hit it if she trippin', disappearin' like Arsenio. Yo, the bitch push a double O with the five in front. Probably a cannabis stunt. Y'all drive me front. I'ma peel with her, find a deal with her. She fuckin' around and steal, huh? Then we all get laced, televisions, Versace heaven When I'm up in them, the shit she kick, all the shit's legit She get dick from a player off the New York Knicks Nigga trick with dick, get lust, the shit was plush She stressing me to fuck, like she was in the rush We fucked in his bed, quite dangerous I'm in his ass while he play against the Utah Jazz My 112 CD blast, I was passed She came twice, I came last, roll the grass she giggled, saying I'm smoking on homegrown. Then I heard a moan, honey, I'm home. Yup, don't chrome for situations like this. I'm up in this bra and I know he don't like this. Now I'm like, bitch, you better talk to him before the fifth put a spark to him. Fuck around, shit, get dark to him. Put a part through him, lose a major part to him. Arm, leg, she begging me to stop, but the cap getting closer. Getting hot like a toaster, a cop's toast, uh. Before my eyes could blink, she screams out, honey, bring me up something to drink. He go back downstairs, more time to think. My brain racing, she's telling me to stay patient. She don't know I'm cool as a fan, got in hand. I don't want to blast her man, but I can and I will, though. I'm trying to chill, though, even though situation looking kind of ill, yo. It came to me like a song I wrote. Told the bitch, give me a soft pillowcase and rope. Got dressed quick, tied a scarf around my face. Broke the bitch up, gagged the mouth with the pillowcase. Played the cut, nigga coming on some love closer shit. Flash the heat on him, he stood emotionless. Dropped the glass, screaming, don't blast. Here's the stash, a hundred cash. Just don't shoot my ass, please. 
Nigga pulling mad cheese out the floor, put sacks in the Prada knapsack, hit the door, grab the keys to the five, call my niggas on the cell, bring some weed, I got a story to tell. Uh, Yo, man, uh, y'all niggas ain't gonna believe what the fuck happened to me. Who that bitch I left the club with, man? Yeah. Yo, <laughs> I'm up in this bitch crib, this bitch fuck with one of my own nick ass niggas and shit. I'm up in the spot, so, oh, you know, God. I'm... Sound like Kevin, uh-huh. 764321, my mom, my cow, yeah. come and get some, yeah. play about position, hot nicks on this one, for all the sick ones, infliction, poisonous, dark sickness, best belief, finger itching with two broke legs, now I'm tripping on MC's cliche, shot that ricochet, start jumping, bust bubble, hip the wicked ways, gotta love me, G.O.D. no one above me, look good, ugly, got your from my fucking son and you Got your in and your last hunky running who? Punk get a speed pump coming through A single make your love respect who? Hey yo, I put it on Turn the into a certified sinner The bomb I release time pin up When you got sent up I was hitting your ex Low petrol, your metro Politic, keep the chicken heads gobbling I'm driving in, come with fog halogen Terrorize your city from the committee Kick to both Timberlands, turn Grinning, smack the driver head in the gypsy When I approach, rappers be taking notes I drop like I should've invented the raincoat Absolute, I love the burn to the roots I keep to you pour some from your boots Vigilante, hardcore to the business my attitude is anemic. I'm the illest alive. Watch me prove it. I snatch your crown with your head still attached to it. Cannabis is the type to fight for mics. Beat death and beating dead for life. When you look at me long enough, I start to read your thoughts if the signal was strong enough. And then I call your bluff like, yo, how many rhymes you got? I could go on for more millennia. The Mazda's got on a car lot. And there's nowhere to run to. When I confront you, I call your bluff like you had a phone number. Who wanna see cannabis get wild? Who wanna act flying get shot down? With a surface to air missile, I take them on and on, shape, size, and forms to spit on. Anybody who ain't close enough to zero to sixty, I'm already doing a hundred when I'm and I give it to anyone. Stay out the dark, cause if I catch you when the sun is down, run it, clown, come up off that. I'm going run it now. Whatever's gonna go, it's gonna be that. See that? That shit'll finish you, dog. Believe that. Where we at? Do you value your life as much as your possessions? Don't be a stupid Learn a lesson. I'm gonna get you either way, and it's better to live. Let me get what's in your sock, cause it's better to give, to receive. Believe what I say when I tell you. Don't make me put you somewhere where nobody can smell you. And when the light is out, they'll come back on. This ain't a flick, you ain't gonna come back on. You ain't that strong. Knew it was wrong, but you asked for it, baby. Use a big, a skinny mask for it, baby. So I can hit you up on front street. You get dumb sweet, one heat, one deep, leaving behind. One Cut sleep. my mic on. It's time to get rowdy. Got homies from the NO to the NY. Body, body, body. I break bread with the ballers. Professional shot callers. I got game from the south to the west to the east to the middle. Now remember me, a young nigga with the gold keep bumping. Keep the crowd jumping. Gotta say something. Uh, I have a coke and a smile. The party don't stop, but it get buck wild. Past the Hennessy and we let's blaze one. See a shorty, let's play one. For the cookies, you can't be a rookie. I'm a no-limit soldier, that's why they book me. Master P. Rock Bell. But I gotta give it up to my homie L. Shine bright like a diamond. 
Shine bright like a diamond. Find light in the beautiful sea. I chose to be happy. You and I, you and I, we're like diamonds in the sky. You're a shooting star, I see. A vision of ecstasy. When you hold me, I'm alive. We're like Enjoy the show. This has been Keith Johnson with his co-host Sean Mack, and this is Sports Fans Only. <laughs>